return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hallelujah. Um, Tonight, just want to say a couple of things. So we'll have our Wednesday prayer from 10 to 4 again this week. Uh, Thursday, ladies, Bible study, a uh, women live Bible study from, at 1030. Um, if you'd like to give, there's a giving station at the back as well. Um, but hallelujah. Just glad to be here with y'all tonight. Amen. Let's just wait in his presence a little bit. You know, the Lord is always with us. Amen. Like in the Bible, it says, where two or three are gathered together in his name, he is there in the midst. And I always think, well, the only reason it doesn't say one is because he can't be in the midst of one. Amen? He's in us, so he's always with us, but you can be in the midst of two. Amen? If, I'm, if we have Abigail and Steve right here, I'm in the midst. Amen? So he is all around. He is working in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to talk tonight just about are you ready? Amen? But first, Father, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word going forth, Father. Not my words, but your word. Lord, that we can do your perfect will tonight, Jesus. We thank you that we are your children. That you love us so much. Unconditionally, no matter what we do or say, that'll never change. That you are always with us, Lord. And we give you honor. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to talk just a little bit about being ready for opportunities and kind of a twofold and being ready for trials and different things that we go through in life. And it's important to be ready for both. Amen. Because you might be in the midst of a trial that you're that you've been prepared for. And also there's an opportunity awaiting you to preach the gospel or to minister. Amen. And I feel like that happens a lot of time. A lot of times when when we're called to, to minister to somebody or we see somebody, we're not quite prepared. You know, maybe it's somewhere, maybe it's in high V, or, you know, you're just passing by somebody, and you have one chance to give a word. And a lot of times, we don't have time to fast and pray. What are we going to say to this person? Amen. What are we going to do in this situation? But they just come up, and, and it's important to always be ready in season and out of season. Amen. And being ready always starts, always starts with abiding in His Word. Amen. And allowing His Word to help you through any situation. So let's go to John 14, here, uh, verse 25. It says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so we see in verse 26 that the Holy Spirit has been given to us, and he will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance all things that Jesus said. Amen? And we know that Jesus, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus, amen, is the Word to us. You know, when we read the Word, we are, we are, having, we are having that relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Amen. And so the things that we read in the Bible, it says that the Holy Spirit is going to bring those things to our remembrance. And I think, you know, in our own lives and things that we go through, but also when we're ministering and witnessing to people. Amen. Um, when someone wants to talk or wants to ask for, ask for advice or you see somebody and they're, they're really down on their luck or they need a prayer of healing or they just feel like they don't, you know, have a, a good relationship with the Lord or, you know, whatever the situation is, you know, most of the time when somebody comes to you with that or you just pass by somebody, that's an opportunity to preach the gospel. Amen. And as the Spirit stirs in you, things will start to come out of your spirit, man, that maybe you read or that you wrote down or the Lord's shown you in the last week. Amen. And it all of a sudden becomes a Holy Ghost conversation. Amen. I love that. And I kind of think, well, they asked for it. They, they, told me what, they told me their situation or they wanted to talk. I'm, I'm ready to talk. Amen. I'm ready to share the gospel and, and as a Christian, we should always be ready to share the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. And what the Holy Spirit will, will stir in us and will tell us will be timely for the situation that we're in. Amen. I don't know how many times I've read something in the morning and through, all throughout the day I saw how applicable it was to that day. I'm like, wow, this, I'm glad I read this. Amen. I'm glad the Lord brought this back to my remembrance. Amen. Hallelujah. Or even talking to somebody and I always, you know, it's, it's so amazing how it's like, oh yeah, the Lord was just telling me this this morning. I was just reading this this morning. I think this will help. Amen. We know the Word always helps. We just have to be ready. Amen. We want to take a full advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. And they will present themselves. You may be tired or you don't want to talk. You know, there's a lot of times that I'm out doing things, like I'm just, I'm going to Hy-Vee, I just want to get in and out of Hy-Vee. I don't like spending much time in the store. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I just want to get what I want to get and I want to get out of there. But even while I'm doing that, I'll be looking around, you know, I don't, I try not to shop like this, you know. I know people that you see them walking and they're just looking down at the ground. I'm, my, my eyes are trying to be active to see if I know anybody. There's been times where I've seen somebody you know, five aisles down, and, and they didn't see me yet, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't, you know, I just duck into this aisle, maybe they'll, maybe they'll check out before I get there, but then sometimes the Holy Spirit says, no, I want you to go talk to them, I want you to go and see how they're doing, amen, and sometimes you're like, oh yeah, everything's going great, and, and, I, and I love those times too, because it's a testimony to God's love, and, and what God is doing in their life, but then also sometimes it's like, well, things could be better, you know, or they say, oh, I'm fine, and I feel like that's an opportunity to say, oh, just fine, huh? Well, is there anything that you, you know, what's going on in your life? Sometimes people will say something, sometimes they won't. But I know that I, I did what the Lord wanted me to do. Amen. I, I tried to have them open up, you know. Or if I know even something's still not right, it's like, well, you know, I just, you know, in Jesus', Jesus name, I just pray that, you know, a, 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 that he'll receive the blessing that he has for you. Amen. And it can be just like that. You know, and it's not that I'm just this, I'm spiritually built up at that time, you know. I might be, feel like I'm really deflated. I might feel like I'm the last person, this per, I'm, you know, anybody would want to talk to you right now. I'm mad or I'm busy or I'm, you know, whatever. But I tell you what, it could mean the world to somebody. Amen. Amen. Like I said, you may be tired or don't want to talk, but take advantage of opportunities to witness. Let's go to Mark 4.35. 
Uh, on the same day when evening has come, he had said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And I think that's really important. Because it's not like Jesus said, Well, let me fast quick. I'm going to pray a little bit more just in case anything happens on the way over to the other side. I mean, he didn't say, let me get something to eat. No, he, they took him as he was. Yeah. Amen. And it says, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Amen. But he was in the stern asleep on the pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You know, and, and verse 38 says, you know, um, he was asleep. So he was tired. Amen? He probably just went to sleep. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been asleep for 10 minutes, and then the kids come and jump on the bed or something. I'm like, why did you have been asleep 10 minutes? I don't even get the regular 20-minute nap that you say you're supposed to get. That's perfect, you know. Ten minutes. But, you know, Jesus, even in that time, you know, and, and I would uh, assume that he had a pretty long day feeding, you know, 5,000 people. It gets a little tiring, I'm sure. So he had a long day, you know, and he was ready to sleep. You know, have you ever been asleep, and maybe it's a really hard sleep, and you get woken up, and it, like, it takes you, like, 30 seconds, like, where am I? What's going on? Or you get a phone call or something, and it's like, hello? And they start talking, and you're like, hello? <laughs> you know? Maybe Jesus was like that. Maybe he was completely disoriented. But I tell you what, he was ready for whatever obstacle they faced. Amen? He was ready even if he didn't feel ready. Even if he didn't look like he was ready, he was ready. Amen? I know if we are driven by our feelings, we're going to miss the opportunities that God has for us. Amen? And I think it's, it's really amazing if we go uh, Mark 5, verse 1, just right on the other side of the other chapter, it says, After he calmed the storm, then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of, of um, the Gadarenes, and where he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Immediately, right when he got out of the boat, Amen. Right after he said, oh, you little faith, why'd you wake me up? Immediately, somebody came to him that had a need. Amen. I always think that's, that's the, the hardest time to witness. When, you, when you, you don't feel like it and it's, you know, you just want to go back to sleep. <laughs> you just, you know, you say, yeah, go on ahead. I didn't get my 20 minutes. Jesus like, I don't get my 20 minutes in. Just give me like 10 more minutes. And we'll be good. No, he came out of the boat and immediately this man came. Amen. And one thing that's amazing about Jesus, just his whole ministry, of course he was perfect, but he never let his emotions overrun him. Amen. He never got too emotional that he couldn't be um, useful to the kingdom. I mean, I think that sometimes that happens to us. Sometimes it's easy to let our emotions take hold of us and kind of run our life. And we get led by our emotions rather than by the Spirit. One of the great quotes from the movie Fireproof that I really, really like, um, but he says, don't just follow your heart because your heart can be deceived, but you got to lead your heart. Amen. If we just follow our emotions and we follow everything that we feel, 
you know, if we're happy, we, we, we look happy. And if we're sad, we look sad. And if we're mad, we look mad. You know, I think that um, it's hard to be a good witness when we're led by our emotions. Amen. When we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, our hearts will follow our actions. Amen. So when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, that means we have the fruit of the Spirit. We have joy. Amen. And one thing about joy, it's not based on our circumstances. Happiness is based on our circumstances, but joy is not. Peace is not based on our circumstances. Amen. It's not based on being tired or weak or you know, not getting anything to eat. Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, none of those are based on our circumstances. They're all based on the promises of the Holy Spirit to us. Because when we become a Christian, those things are available. Amen? All those fruits are available to us. And it's like in the the book of Genesis, when all the trees of the garden were good for, for food except for the one tree. Amen? All the fruits of the Spirit are good for eating. Amen? And we can take them, we can devour them. And, you know, one thing about fruit is we have to continue to grow it. Amen? I know if I just have, you know, say I had an apple that was this big and I ate the whole thing, I might not be as hung, or I might not be as full if I ever had an apple that was this big and I ate the whole thing. Amen. But the more that we walk in patience, the more patience that we want. The more we walk in love, amen, the, the, the bigger that love grows in us. Amen. And so we want to be doing that. Again, let's look at John 4, verse 5. Another example. So he came, Jesus came to a city of Samaria, which is called um, Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, and a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Again, it says that Jesus was wearied. Amen? He was wearied. He was tired, and he sat by the well. He sat to rest. He didn't sit to witness, right? He probably initially sat to rest. Amen? He had traveled a long ways. He was hungry. But he also knew that he had a responsibility to preach the gospel. Amen? And we, that we have that same responsibility. He knew that he was an ambassador for his father. Amen? He said, I don't do anything except for what the father tells me to do. Amen? And we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Amen? And we're going to read through this. But we see, you know, in the, in the preceding verses that Jesus tells her about her life. And he speaks into her life and he says, I have, I have water that you don't even know about. I have water that you're never going to want to come to this well again. It's going to fill you and continue to fill you. Amen. And so then we get down to John 4.25. And it says, The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, oh, his disciple, I'll tell you what, sometimes. At this point, after Jesus said, I who speak to you am he, you know, when she was like, oh my goodness. Then the disciples came, and they said, they marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no one said, who do you, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went, or the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Who, 
we know we're his group. We we should be bringing him things to eat. You know, and it just shows how the the Lord, even Jesus, all throughout the three and a half years he was with the disciples, was teaching him and ministering to them and saying, "This is the way it should be, and this is what you should do." Amen. See, this, the disciples didn't understand that Jesus was ministering to this woman. They thought, he's tired. We need to get him something to eat. He's going to faint. Amen? They didn't understand that, that he was actually doing the will of the Father at that moment. Amen? Or else they wouldn't have interrupted him, but they would have sat maybe and listened and gauged the situation. And a lot of times, you know, Jesus, he didn't have time to prepare, right? He sat down, he was tired, and a woman comes up and starts to draw water from the well. And a lot of times, we don't have time to prepare to witness. Amen? Some of the best, most powerful times I've felt in, in, that I've, when I've witnessed to somebody has been at a gas pump, you know, or been as I'm hurrying to get in and out of Hy-Vee. You know, I remember one time we were coming back from, uh, I think it was White River, and we had a bunch of things in the back of our, in the back of our van, and I'm filling up gas, and this guy, you know, comes across, and he, you know, he's like, blankety blank, you have, you know, those are nice speakers, you know, it was on the back of our van. And I said, oh, thank you. And I said, where are you from? And that, you know, right there, just kind of opened up a conversation about Jesus. You know, and I, I did pray with him, and, and um, you know, he said he wanted to receive Jesus, and I believe he did. And I believe he, he did receive the Lord, amen. But it was just a split second. It was just... I'm never going to see that guy again, probably, ever. But it's a split second. Those are the times where it's, it's like, you know, either we're, we're, we're glad that we did something or we wish we would have done something, amen? And so it's never going to be necessarily convenient for us, amen, in our, in our own daily lives. You know, and a lot of times, if, sometimes it feels like the world revolves around us and revolves around our circumstances and our problems, amen? So it's never going to be particularly convenient, but opportunities are going to come no matter how we feel. Amen. We might feel great. We might not feel great at all, but opportunities are still going to come. It's not going to wait for our convenience. Amen. Well, let's continue on. John 4, 34. Um, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months, then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. Amen. So he was replenished and satisfied by the word. Amen. And the woman was also replenished and satisfied by the word. You know, in verse 28, um, if you go a little bit farther back, it says that she left her water pot. So she, she didn't even take her water with us when she went and told everybody, hey, I think I found the Messiah. Amen. She was already replenished. She no longer, at that time, needed her water pot. That was not her main concern. It was not her main priority. I mean, her main priority was like, I just got filled with living water, and I'm going to tell people about it. I'm going to tell everybody that I know. Amen. Hallelujah. She was no longer thinking about the natural water, but the spiritual water. And we go even later, John 4, 39 through 42. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all things that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed, with their, stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now, uh, now we believe, not because of what you said, um, 
For we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You know, one thing the, the Holy Spirit told me a long time ago was that it's not my job to persuade. I can't persuade people to follow Jesus. I can only inform that there's a Jesus who loves them, and he's out there, and, he's, and he wants to minister to them, and he wants them to have good things. Amen. That's, that, that's what this woman did. She went and she informed the people of the city, the men of the city, and she said, you know, I'm not going to try to persuade you. Come see for yourself. This is what happened in my life. I'm just letting you know that I think this is the Messiah, but you got to come see for yourself. Amen. I think a lot of times it's easy to get into, well, you know, I, I did it, or um, i got to persuade this person needs to get, get into the Word and needs to be saved, and I have to persuade him, and I have to do it. Our job is to inform. Amen. Our job is to be um, a gateway for them to really receive the fullness of what God has for them. Amen. Receive their salvation. One encounter with one woman who he wasn't even really supposed to be talking to. Samaritan women were not high on the list of social status back then, right? Somebody who who wasn't even supposed to be talking to brought the gospel to an entire city just by sharing one testimony. Hallelujah. Jesus could have thought to himself, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I'm tired. Amen. I know pastors that, you know, in the, in the past that, you know, this day was their day off and they weren't going to talk to anybody. This was their day off. There's no day offs in the ministry for any of us, right? Hallelujah. There's no day offs in the ministry. Pastor Dave always says there's no retirement in the ministry. You may retire from a ministry, but you can never retire from the ministry. Amen. The preaching of the gospel, the ministering and witnessing to people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He might have said, no one wants, would want to talk to me right now anyways. I've been like that before. Like, like I know I should witness somebody. I'm like, they went, I'm in such a bad mood. They're not going to want to talk to me anyways. I'm just going to bring them down. Not if I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, I won't. Amen. We can, you know, and I'm just going to speak for myself. I can get so me-minded sometimes. When it comes to, to witnessing or doing anything like that, I can think, well, I just don't have the time or... That's, I think I've used that one before. They're not going to want to talk to me anyway. I'm in such a bad mood. They're not going to receive. But I have to remember that they're not receiving from me. Amen. I'm going to inform them with a smile on my face, but they're not receiving from me. They're receiving from him. Amen. We want to be heavenly minded. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus was ready to preach the truth, even if the natural conditions were unfavorable. So we want to be ready for opportunities, amen? Ready for opportunities that we may get. And also in the midst of that, you know, I just want to go to another direction as well. We also want to be ready for trials that may come in our life. So let's go to Luke 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when, he, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And it says that, that he was in the wilderness for 40 days. And at the end of the 40 days, or it says that the devil was tempting him for 40 days. And in those days he ate nothing. And then it says, When it had ended, he was hungry. And then the devil said to him. So he was, he was prodding him for 40 days. 
But then after 40 days, the devil was like, all right, I'm bringing out the big guns. I'm going really, to really try to prod him. I'm going to really, really make him question his identity. So he says, if you are the Son of God. So when Satan perceived that Jesus was probably at his weakest point, he hadn't eaten for 40 days, um, that's when he really tried to put the dagger in him, so to speak. Satan will always try to wear you out and then when he feels like you're at your weakest point. <laughs> and sometimes, it, I don't know, how somebody else maybe, sometimes it feels like I'm always at my weakest point. Or there's a week where it's like, oh man, this has been my weakest point. It's like uh, um, hyperbole, where you think of like the last week, it's like, oh, this was the worst week. I'm like, probably not. I probably had worse weeks. I know other people have had worse weeks. But Satan will always try to try to attack us when we're at, I always believe, when we're at our highest point. So, you know, Jesus, you know, he was at his weakest point, you know, maybe physically, but spiritually he was at his highest point. Because he was just fasting. He was just in the spirit for 40 days, right? And then I always, I always think, too, that when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, you know, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, let it happen, but not my will, but yours be done. Yours be done. That was probably one of Jesus' lowest, lowest points. You know, and I really believe Satan was trying to attack him again. Because it says, after he, he went through all of the temptations, it says that the Satan waited for a, for a more opportune time. Amen. So this wasn't the last of the battle between Jesus and Satan. Of course, the ultimate battle of defeating Satan on the cross, amen, and in the grave. Hallelujah. Like I said, Satan will always try to wear you out and go for the kill when he feels you're at your, you're at your weakest point, but you'll always be ready when you keep the word of God at the top of mind. And we see Jesus did that three times in a row, and probably throughout the 40 days, but Satan would say, if you are the Son of God, and Jesus would say, it is written. It is written. It is written. Amen. In our lives, we can just say that. It is written. It is written that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is written that he never leaves me nor forsakes me. It is written that I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Amen. Keep saying, it is written. Keep the word of God at the top of your mind. Amen. Proverbs 4.20-22 through 22 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Do not let the word of God depart from your eyes. Keep the word of God in the midst of your heart. Amen. Because they're life. Jesus came and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. As we read the word, life builds up in us. Amen. The, the, the rivers of living water build up in us, stirs in us. Hallelujah. Stay in the word and you'll be ready for anything that comes your way. A couple more verses here. And, uh, and we'll close. 2 Timothy 4, verses 2 through 5 in the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. It says, um, Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. Whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome. That's, that's another one. It might, you might not think, you not, might not welcome the opportunity, but it might come anyways. Welcome or unwelcome, as you, as you as preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging, and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Wow, that was just verse 1, or verse 2. 
For the time has come when people will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction, but have, uh, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number chosen to satisfy in their own likings and to foster the errors that they hold. And so what that's saying is that that you might be given a good word and, and they might completely reject what you're trying to say to them. Why? They want to find something that they like, what's going to fit their circumstance, what's going to fit their, their way of living. Amen? But, but hold on to the word. Continue to preach the word. Amen? you got to remember, Jesus ministered to thousands and thousands of people and he had a very small following at the end of his ministry. You know, it says, I can't remember what verse, but, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, you have to drink my blood and you have to eat my body. And it says that many of his disciples forsook him. Many. And he said to the twelve, that leads me to believe that only the twelve stayed with them. If it said, he said to the twelve, are you going to forsake me too? Amen. And they said, well, where, where, else, where else can we go? Amen. The only place that we can go if we forsake the word is the world. Amen. The only place that people can go to if they forsake Jesus is the world. Amen. And so we want to be we want to be like the 12 disciples. We want to say, where else am I going to go? I'm not going to go back to the bar. I'm not going to go back to to doing the things with my old group of friends that are of the world. I'm not going to go back to, you know, whatever it is, whatever vice, whatever thing that you left from your old life, and you became a new creation in Christ. Amen? That's staying with the Lord. Where are we at here? And we'll turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. As for you, be calm and cool and steady. Accept and suffer unflinchingly every hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fully perform all the duties of your ministry. Amen. So I just want to real, just real quickly touch on the four things excuse me, that Paul told Timothy to do, to be ready. The first thing we see to be calm and cool and steady. Amen. Always be ready to handle the temptations and ready to seize the opportunities. Amen. We, we, we don't want to just be ready to seize the opportunities but not be ready for the temptations or the trials that may come. Likewise, we don't always just want to be ready for the trials that may come and miss the opportunities. Amen? Hallelujah. 1 Peter 5.8, in the Amplified as well, says, Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams, about, uh, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Amen? So we watch out for ourselves so we don't fall into temptation. But we're also mindful of others and take advantage of opportunities to witness before the devil comes and tries to devour somebody else. Amen. When a soldier goes back into battle to rescue a wounded soldier, he or she is mindful of the enemy for his own sake, right? But also for the sake of the people that he's saving. Or he or she is saving. Amen. I always think of it as like, you know, going back into battle. You know, I, I think of, I don't know if anybody's seen Forrest Gump in here. But he goes and he rescues, you know, it's fiction, fictional movie, but he goes and he rescues like 11 guys or something like that. Amen. And I always feel like as a Christian, you know, we need to be ready to go back into enemy territory to rescue, to, to pull somebody out that has been wounded or that has been hurt. Amen. That is part of our job. Amen. To go to the heat of the battle. Amen. 
The second thing he talked about was um, to accept and suffer unflinchingly every hardship. Amen. Second Corinthians eleven twenty four. This this always blows my mind when Paul says this. But he says, From the Jews, five times I received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was ship, shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. Think on that. Night and a day in the deep. Not in the safety of the belly of a well either, just in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. So his own friends. <laughs> the people that he trusted, amen. In perils of the Gentiles, so the Jews and the Gentiles, basically everybody, right? Jews and Gentiles, countrymen. In perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea. That pretty much covers all square inch of the world, right? In perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold, in that, in that fastings often, it doesn't mean like he just decided to fast. It's like, no, you're not getting any food. <laughs> you're not getting any food for a long time. In cold and nakedness, besides the other things, in the, beside the other things, beside everything else that I went through, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. That's For me, that's a gut check verse. A couple verses right there. Six verses. That's a gut check for me. I haven't endured any of these things. But what does the Bible say to do? It tells us to stand, right? Amen? Except, you know, there are going to be hardships. Pastor Dave talks about all the time that that's a promise. There's going to be persecution. But we want to stand, amen, just like Paul stood. I mean, he didn't mention this, but he even died and got brought back to life. Got prayed back to life, amen. And then we go to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 where um, Paul's thorn in the flesh from Satan came, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in deeds, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So we see Paul, he wasn't going to let trials, he wasn't going to let shipwrecks, he wasn't going to let Murder, anything. He was going to let that affect his relationship with Jesus. He wasn't going to let that, let that steal his joy. Amen. That's where I want to be. When I can say, when I can truly and honestly say, I'm not going to let that steal my joy. You know, somebody's going to make false accusations against me. I'm not going to let that steal my joy. The third thing that Paul told Timothy to do was to do the work of an evangelist. An evangelist in the Greek, as a noun, is from the word um, eugelion, which is literally means the gospel or the good news. Amen. Do the work of the good news. Amen. Be the good news to somebody. Be the gospel to somebody. Even if we don't feel like it, even if we're in a bad mood, you can still put a smile on your face and witness to somebody. Amen. And then the last thing that I want to talk about um, that he told Timothy to do was fully perform all of the duties of your ministry. Amen. In season and out of season, fulfill your ministry. 
1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. I mean, we all have a role to play in the body of Christ. Amen. And every role is just as important as another role. Amen. The body cannot function. If there's one thing that's out of joint with a body, with somebody's body, you know, if, if, you, know, if you have a knee pain and you're limping around, well, eventually it'll affect, affect your hip. And then eventually the hip pain will affect your back. <laughs> Amen. And then eventually the back pain will affect your head, give you a headache. Same thing like with a tooth. Maybe one tooth is hurting, and it's like, maybe it's like a little, little popcorn seed. Oh, I hate that. A popcorn seed gets stuck, and pretty soon your whole mouth is like throbbing. Well, in the body of Christ, amen, we all want to do our job. We all want to do our part. We all have a role to play, amen? Hallelujah. And we are the bride of the, of, of the Lord. I mean, the church is the bride without spot or wrinkle, and that's the church that Jesus is coming back from, back for, Amen? And we want to be a part of that body. We want to be a part of that church that says, I'm going to stand no matter what happens. I'm going to preach the gospel no matter what happens to me. Amen. I'm going to be an ambassador for Jesus. Amen. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. But I tell you what, he is coming back for a glorious church. Amen. Hallelujah. So we all have a role to play. So I want to ask just one question. What does fulfilling your ministry look like? Just in your own sphere of influence, just in your own, um, um, you know, people that you hang around with and, and are connected to and talk with. What is your um, fulfilling your ministry look like? Amen. And I look that I look at that at my at myself too. Um, you know, one thing uh, just at the pastors' conference that the Lord told me we were told to close our eyes. And just imagine Jesus walking towards us. And just kind of think about, okay, what is Jesus saying to you? As he's walking towards what is Jesus saying to you? And, and to me, and I'll tell you this, but he said, he said, don't be comfortable with just being a pastor. And what I know that he meant was, don't just feel like, all right, I'm in my position. This is my ministry. No, he has a ministry for us, but he has multiple things that he wants us to do for the body of Christ. Amen. Your ministry might be your job. You know, whatever career that you have, um, whatever it is, but that's not the only ministry he has for you. He wants you to continue to push forward. Amen. He wants you you to continue, amen, to be ready for things that he has for you. Because I tell you what, there might be times in your life where you feel like you're comfortable in what God is telling you to do, and you're like, oh, this is great. And the Lord might say, I want you to do this now. Amen. I want you to do this on top of what you're doing right now. So it's important to be ready. It's important to be vigilant. Amen. It's important to always have our ear to the track. Lord, what are you saying? Not ear to the track, ear to the sky. Amen. Ear to the sky to see what Jesus wants us to do. Amen. Being ready at all times to use the gifts and the skills that God has given us to further his kingdom. Amen. And he's given you a gift. He's given you a specific skill set. To use for his kingdom. And I'm excited. You know, it's fun just to know a lot of you here for a long time. And, uh, you know, just to see what God has done through your ministry and your lives. You know, that's, that's so much fun. And it's fun to get together with other Christians and to, and to talk about things that 
oh yeah, this is what the Lord did last week. Praise the Lord, he is amazing. Amen. But he has a certain plan for each of you. A good plan. Amen. And he wants to use the skills that he himself gave you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just thank you uh, that we can be a part of your body. Or that we can be a part of the good things that you're doing here on earth, even right now. That we are here for such a time as this. Lord, that there's no greater time to be alive than right now, Lord. And we just thank you. Lord, that we can be used by you. Lord, we are imperfect. We are imperfect vessels, but that's how you, you use us anyways. You love us anyways. You want us to do your work anyways, Father. So right now, we just thank you just for working in our lives to other people. Lord, helping us to be ready and be equipped with the armor of God to do anything. Anything that you call us to do, Lord. Whether it's to pray with somebody. Or to go out and be in the battle, Lord. Or, or whatever, whatever the battle zone is for us, Father. We thank you that we can look to you. We can get ideas. We can get um, uh, skill sets. We can get different things from you, Jesus. That you give us grace to help in time of need. And Lord, we just praise you, honor you. Father, we thank you for a great week um, this week, Father. That we can be a witness and we can be a light to somebody um, in our job in uh, in high V at the gas station, wherever it is, Father, that we can obey your word. And we thank you. We love you. We thank you for what you did for us on the cross and everything that you've given us, that you daily load us with benefits. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. He's so good. So I just want to say bless you as you go about your week. I declare a good week for you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, you are dismissed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.